Did you know? Maybe you know this. I I spoke to somebody the other day who told me that in Sweden, the architects' students reside under the technological and natural science. In Denmark, they are amongst the humanists. They're amongst the arts uh, things. Yeah. And I was like, now you understand why things look like they do in Sweden and why they look like they do in Denmark. Yeah, and why there's quite a few of Danes who win some quite, you know, big architectural competitions and stuff. There are quite some Swedes winning architect architectural stuff and stuff as well. Yeah, but you won Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. scale I was thinking, yeah. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. It is. And I mean, they are, they are the hippies of empty war, except for the actual hippies of milieu or I think they're environment. called environment. Yeah, environment and something, ecology or something of the sort. Ecology at Elfteheim. Mm. I think it's like the, uh, feminism. Everybody is an ecologist now, you know. True. Not everyone's master's degree is, though. No, but everybody is supposed to have done human ecology. Yes. Is that a thing in, in countries outside of Sweden? Mm. No, it's just here. It's like climate almost, you know. You're still very mute. Is it just me? Keska is quite, he's, no, he's quite low as well. But I think he can change that in the settings. How is that now? Yeah, it's better. No, my mic has been increased. Yes. Good. Are you happy? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hello. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, shall we start with an argument? Do you have one in mind? Well, Casper really looks angry. I'm grumpy. You say no, that you feel like you look. Yeah, kind of disheveled. and. Yeah, so what a perfect time for a family discussion. Shoot. I'm sorry I did something wrong, Dad. Yeah, you came late, both of you. Like, what the fuck, you know? I read that Caspia was going to come late, so then I thought, then I can do the things that I need Good. to do. Did you read my message? Yeah, but that one's when I was like a meter away from starting Zoom on my computer. Yeah, so as usual, you just ignored it. I didn't get a like or a heart or a no. Or anything. No, no, no. Like, I was busy tending my, um, the mulberries in my food dehydrator. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, is the yeah. food dehydrator? It's basically an advanced fan with heat. It's for drying foods. Oh, I figured as much. It blows dry, uh, or it blows air onto 
little trays that I put mulberries on. Oh, I've, I've seen that machine. Yeah, that's the one. So why do you do it? Well, so it's interesting. The mulberry tree was planted here in 2005, the summer of 2005. It was one meter and it was probably 10 years old, you know, because they're slow growers as far as I've understood. And since then it's like taken off. But this year is the only year where there's been more than I'll just pick to eat. So last week I picked three liters that I put in the freezer. And then Sunday I picked four liters and it was like, don't have room in the freezer. Why don't I try to dehydrate them? So I'm experimenting. You know, dried mulberries are just ow, really, really yummy. But it's tricky. I think it's tomatoes and I can. I apples. could. Yeah. I do dry apples, but I don't do that in my in the dehydrator because I do much more industrial scale. I do. So you're basically making mulberry raisins. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. It's some um, very deep shit you're thinking there, dude. Yeah. I just don't see the point. But then you got to think deeper. That's yeah. actually the answer, though. I have the berries. I like dried fruits and berries. I don't have room in the freezer. Four liters of just stuffing myself. Yeah. No, they'll go bad before I can eat them all. I don't yeah. want that. Well, yeah, actually, even I have limits to how much I can go down my gullet. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's true. It is true. So what's on the agenda, Musketeers? You usually have the agenda, don't you? You usually have a piece of paper. Hidden agenda. Oh, sorry. I always get those confused. It's no, no point in exposing it at this point. You have to wait until later when there's been a little bit of a sort of denouement. Hmm? Oh, so you have to get through the banter and then, then you sort of bring out the piece of paper and say, Hey guys, this is what we're actually talking about today. Well, no, not just banter. There has to be a little bit of, you know, investment, skin in the game. And then when everybody's like, you know, put in their bets, then I can re reveal what the actual agenda is. Well, we have an actual bet. We could start with that. What's the bet? Yeah. On, it will be because so outdated by the time it gets established. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to put that on the agenda as well. 
the bet of, of who's becoming the next prime, prime minister. It's not a bit. It is. I put in a hundred krona. On what? A sure thing? Yes. On a fixed that's, why that's why I bet on her. Okay, well, I bet on her as well. Elena, are you against? I'll bet against. I'll bet on the other lady. What other lady? Lena. Lena. Just because somebody in my feed said, hey, Lena, I have no clue. I have no. But no. what about Kanil Bulaani? I really don't think she'll be be the the party chairwoman of the social democratic party. No. No, she would, but she could be the prime minister and everybody could be really happy that their party's not going to be damaged by a sitting duck prime minister. Ta-da. Yeah. But you could bet on that. I don't want to bet. <laughs> Boring. But it's a you well, I mean, like that. Boring. How many how many times have you actually betted, Helena? How many times have I actually betted? Yeah, with someone else than your kids. Not a lot of times. Yeah. No. Boring. Well, you know, it's just not what I do. Yeah. Well, no, no, you now you're going to ask Caspian, Caspian, do you even have a Ladbrokes account? Not Ladbrokes. I do have bet. Three six five and are you serious? Eight eight eight, I think. Never heard of it. Or what it's called? Yeah, I had a period where where I was supposed supposed to where where I was gonna start playing poker, and I was thinking about betting on football as well. Never turned out. The football thing wasn't too fun, and the poker games were too. I I never had the. I didn't really have the the attention span nor the grit to actually learn anything. What kind of poker was it? Texas. Hold on. I think I tried blackjack as well, but not too fun. Not my cup of tea. They're kind of different things. It's my cup of tea. I think she's making fun of you. No, it wouldn't be the first time. No. No. I speak so. It's some kind of lovingly about you. Dog, dog whistle, discriminatory gesture that's meant to diminish your stature. So. Oh, so I was telling my colleagues today about Caspian's Caspian's. Uh, knowledge of stand-up comedians. I was telling them to watch. And I gasp. Yeah. And is this true, Caspian? You have knowledge of stand-up comedians? I mean, do you know them in the biblical sense or is it like a taxonomy thing? In the biblical sense? Answer no. Stand-up comedian. Jesus, I would, I would probably say he's, mm, he was more of a performance artist and I don't, I don't really do performance stuff. I'm 
straight up, straight up, stand up. Mm. Yeah, I watched quite a lot of stand up. Yes, mm. I would say one of my one of my absolute favorites uh, passed this week. Sean Locke. Why? It was last time. When did he die? Skin cancer. Uh, melanoma. No good. Yeah, but that's what he died of. Why did he die? Yeah, well, I, I can't really give you another answer than, yeah. you know. Come on, Helena. What you know, sort of ultimate question, Tom? Why do people die? Because it's their time. That's it? Well, you said it. it has to be right then. So, Caspian, how are you? A little bit of a checking. I'm quite all right. I've had a strange couple of days of not really wanting to do the work that I need to do. Um, not really wanting to do the work that I don't really need to do either, but rather the work that I don't need to do than the work that I need to do. You need yeah. to run that bias again. It was just a few too many parameters there. I got it perfectly. Okay. It's just me. Sorry, sorry. Carry on. Um, you didn't want to work. Yeah, somewhere like no. that. Yeah, you could. Now I've had. I don't know. My mind hasn't really been in in the right place to do the kind of work that I need to do. Uh, sorting up other people's mess in Excel sheets. Um, I just haven't, haven't at all. Well, my messes as well should be said, but, but sorting messes out in Ooh. Excel sheets. And yeah, that sounds it. like the work that they need you to do. Well, I've been tasked with it. Mm. Therefore it is work that I need to do in order to get paid. <laughs> so yes, it's absolutely work that someone else needs me to do. As a consultant, I would say that's also the work that I need to do. Um, yeah, quite lazy days, I would say. Well, it is the end of summer. Mm. Yeah. And I've sort of realized that, that things are picking up speed again, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, cause if you, I, I was a really. I wasn't really there for the meeting where we all agreed that it's not summer anymore and we're going full speed ahead now. I sort of feel like I missed that conference. Yeah, you had a hangover. You didn't turn up. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I, I, first of all, I missed the meeting where we agreed it was summer. Because you had a hangover. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Um, and then I missed the other meeting where we said, okay, we're going back on now. Um, 
which is kind of, you know, it's, I've, I think it's, it probably has something to do with, with that I'm still on, on school time or something like that, where it's quite defined where, where everything ends and everything starts. So this is the day you have to register and then it's full speed ahead. And this is the day where you turn in your last exam. Um, turns out that doesn't happen in, in the real world or at least not in my work life. No one said, hand this in and then take a summer break for 10 weeks. Um, I said, I mean, I'm good. Really, I'm, I'm going to have my hand in the right, right place or the place where it, I would have needed it to be, rather. I think you're kind of starting to sort of get closer and closer and closer to that secret box, you know, somewhere in the attic in which you remember the moment when you were a kid when there was like really strange, eccentric, you know, someone in the, in the family an uncle or a cousin, you know, that whispered in your ear, don't ever grow up. Be careful of becoming an adult. It's a trap. You know? That was, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, that was my mom shouting at me when I was 10. Not a strange relative at the attic. Uh, that was a trap too. <laughs> she knew that you were just an obstreperous bastard. That all that you wanted to be was really, really in opposition. So pretty quickly you were in full responsible mode. Because I think you were kind of born that way. It's possible. Yeah, I don't think I've been in opposition that much. Depends on to what, of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you you're not a contrarian at all. Not a word I would use anywhere around you. I think soon has started to, to launch a a sort of sort of beta test on on sarcastic sort of remarks because I see a little red flag and I think it means. <laughs> I've been deplatformed <laughs> on a private Zoom call. <laughs> we thought AI would take over the world, but it's taking over Zoom meetings instead. <laughs> In what ways would you describe me as contrarian? None at all. That was precisely my point. Well, I don't know that you are contrarian, actually, um, to be completely sort of straight, no sarcasm or irony. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that, you, disappeared. that you're contrarian. I would uh, describe you more as um, yeah, curious. Not really satisfied with um, with standard explanations or out of the box for mo for the most part, but uh, you know sometimes um, that's quite the opposite. You'll be totally uh, you know trusting that something is the way that it says that it's supposed to be. 
and contrarians don't do that. No, that's what, yeah. I mean, you buy Apple products. You can't buy Apple products and be a contrarian. <laughs> It's just not possible. It's a fact that I guess we kind of figured out who amongst us is a contrarian. <laughs> well, I wouldn't describe me as a contrarian, but <laughs> I thought it. We could maybe sort of, you know, start a another range of t-shirts in our merchandise section. I wanted to be a contrarian, but I got an iPhone instead. That might be a hit. <laughs> I'm still waiting for, for the actual web shop of Dom's t-shirts. Maybe that would be the t-shirt though. That I was going to start a, I was going to start a t-shirt shop, but then realized I was a contrarian. Yeah. And you, Elena, what's happening in your life? In well, field. my field is. I think I kind of did attend the meeting that said summer is over and we're full on, but I was still quite surprised when I realized last week how every day was full on and out of my house where I normally am. And this week has been, has been and is somewhat the same. So it's been one of those, oh, so weird not to. Not to just be here. I can, you know, I can, if I, I can work, you know, have meetings and on Zoom and stuff. But if I'm from here, it has a different tone to it. Ooh. So being, I even slept at a hotel last week, you know, for a night. So it's like, I was really not here. Good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, But other than that, it's been, um, yeah, you know, I keep on getting little insights into me. Find. Find stuff out that kind of helps me make sense, not just of me, but of more of the world. Mm. Um, it's quite interesting. I like that. But then I've also been climbing my mulberry tree to pick mulberries. Just been reading the card and stuff. So. Oh. What about you, Tom? Yeah, 
Well, I mean, today I sort of feel a bit, um, put out, you know, like annoyed. The Grinch in you? The, the inner Grinch, you know, I'm really getting intimate with him. There's a real sort of, um, backlog of what the fuck kind of experiences that need to be taken care of. But it is kind of a mini Mercury retrograde today, so. It's not only a mini Mercury retrograde, there's like, you know, 12 other, you know, major mini types of retrograde clusterfuck planetary, you know, balls up going down as well. So that could play into it, but you know, I don't believe in stuff like that because I'm a scientist. And scientists what, what, don't believe. What's a retrograde, 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 retrograde. Um, well, I, I mean, I know about Gainerade. Yeah. Well, it's I don't exactly think Mercury the does Gainerade. Yeah. So. Retrograde and Gainerade are like um, sister products. You know, the Gainerade goes in the one end, the retrograde goes out the other. So retrograde what is, what is it? Well, what, what it, what it is, is just a sort of uh, technical term in, in astrology circles. Um, that suggests that, um, from the perspective of uh, Earth, looking at the orbit of planets, it looks as if they're moving um, backwards. It's kind of the simplest way to explain it. Yeah. always moving the same way. Well, they are, but the Earth is also turning. Um, and, uh, yeah. Right. But they're still moving the same way. They're still moving the same way and they moving along a progression through time space on an elliptic and can create sort of odd perspectival um, experiences like retrogrades. So what is it? I, I yes, for example, with, with, with Mercury, which is uh, uh, the closest of the planets um, and is called Mercury because it's associated with Mercury, with the winged god, you know, all this kind of stuff. So when Mercury goes retrograde, people um, tend to look out for, if you're an astrologer, you look out for communication fuck-ups, uh, technology crashes, um, you know, generally you don't make plans, uh, you know, that are going to be executed during a retrograde, you sort of get them finished beforehand, don't sign deals, don't, uh, you know, retrograde is when you, when you're at home working on your next evil takeover the world plan. And then when Mercury goes into its forward movement again, then you launch your sort of big takeover the world plan. See, that's why the Taliban won. just before Mercury retrograde. See, now it's Mercury retrograde and Joe hasn't been paying attention 
And now he's trying to convince people of shit and the communication is all coming out skewed. Ever so slantly sloopy. Hey, I said I was grinchy, you know, I'm sorry. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I googled, I googled retrograde oh. to see what, how, how, how there can be a forward movement and a backwards movement. Now I get it. You got an image fun. of it. Yeah. Fabulous. That's what I needed. Well, okay. So what did we then, do? then I get it. What did what? we do? Yeah, yeah, we would just, okay. well, the world would stop moving. There would be no planets. So what are you strategizing right now? Me? Yeah. The usual. Which is? How to take over the world without leaving my couch. Preferably. I'm strategizing how to convince you to get involved in an argument with me so that we can have a really exciting conversation. I've been in so many arguments lately. You just won't because of that fucking iPhone that's destroyed all of the contrarian tendencies in you. <laughs> it's tragic, you know. I don't even think it's. You see? Well, I, I will, I will, you I, think? I won't get into the, you won't, you, exactly. I knew that that was where it was going to go. I'm getting to an argument for fuck's sake. I, I don't, I'm not going to get into the argument of whether or not my iPhone has made me less or more of a contrarian, because I think you're right in that. Um, it doesn't feel like an argument I can. When or that we could become any, any wiser. I do, however, I've had a couple of arguments or debates with friends in the past couple of days, weeks. And I find myself utterly uncomfortable with, with being in a debate argument sort of format, regardless really of what it is about. Oh, you mean where there's definitely going to be a, a winner and a loser, where there's a kind of a right and wrong, a left and right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something that's not a conversation. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So a couple of my friends and I had, had, um, the, a quick, a quick beer slash mineral water, depending on, depending on what you were drinking at the afternoon. Um, and we got into, we started a, a conversation about what, what, what is a good watch? Sort of a, uh, watch. don't have watches or I don't have. No. So for you, it would probably mean none, none, but a good one yeah. or possibly a painted one because it would be fun to paint one. So a word from our sponsors, you may hear the word Apple watch come up and that's okay. Don't pay. A couple of times. Yes. So, so I made the case for, for 
obviously From? the Apple Watch. Um, are we talking? We we had we sort of split it up. We started out just just sort of I I I was making the case for that the Apple Watch is a better watch than a regular sort of a mechanical thing with a battery. Um, because I okay. think that's where we're sorry, I, sorry, 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 sorry. We have to just mechanical, mechanical thing with a battery. battery. Okay, well, not the mechanical thing then. See, the, yeah. like a millennium thing. You just like throw shit around that confuses old people. <laughs> I've had one of those then. And I have to go and use Google and then you say, you see, I told you so. <laughs> what is it called then? If it's not an, it's, it's an analog watch. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Please go ahead okay. and sell the not, not the mechanical one, the, the analog battery powered regular sort of. It's a digital watch, just a regular. No, because a digital watch is, is with a screen. No. Well. Yes. That's what you call a digital shopka or digital watch. Oh. Because it has digital numerics. Uh, has... Exactly. Yeah. So, so an analog battery powered. No. It wouldn't need to be battery powered. So let's. let's... <laughs> <laughs> Argument going, going. Yeah. yeah, well, okay, I'll be quiet so and just a let wind up, A wind-up watch. No, I think he means a not-wind-up watch. I know he means a not-wind-up watch. <laughs> he means a battery with a, 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 a sort of fake antique clock face, which is not an Apple Watch. That's how you not define, an Apple. That, that's how you define not an Apple Watch. However, we got into an argument about it. <laughs> it and, and one of my friends is saying I had to switch, you know, swap the battery in her watch. Ooh. And, and we started talking about, you know, how, you know, sort of sarcastically hinted that I've never swapped batteries in my watch. Would you charge it? I do. Time? But, we're getting there. Will you wave a flag where we can speak? <laughs> you can speak at any time. I'm just saying, I need more friends who are, who are even more digital. Because all of you fuckers <laughs> are living in the Stone Age. <laughs> With yeah. no watch. Exactly. Yes, yes. You don't even have an alarm clock. No, we use nails. <laughs> well, <clears throat> uh, we got, got into this argument. So you understand that the whole reason for AI is because friend and digital, uh, no, does not compute. With AI, it might. With AI, that's the whole point. It's going to make, you know, little digital friends for you. It'll come in with your coffee in the morning and say, That's perfect. Good morning, Caspian. I already have a friend. 
if I say good morning to my Google, it, it says, hi, good morning. You see? Yeah. <laughs> um, would you like me to charge your battery? I would love that. Um, so we got into an argument about this and, and sort of agreed that subjectively it's not a better watch for them because they're like you, they want sundials and, and sort of no electricity, um, and regression as, as you guys do. Um, and, and so subjectively it's not a better watch. And then I said, well, objectively it is. Objectively, whoa, okay. Uh, and they said no. And I said, well, what can your watch do? <laughs> I can make phone calls with mine. What can yours do? Um, they didn't buy that argument at all. Well, um, because they said the purpose of a watch is, is for it to tell time. If you want a wristwatch, the purpose of it is to tell time. And I said, well, mine does that better too, because it's connected to the internet. So I always know what time it is. You guys have to turn yours back twice a year and make sure it actually is right. They didn't buy that argument either. Um, we ended up agreeing to disagree. Um, Or rather ended up with me getting quite quiet and just not yeah. continuing exactly. that debate. That's the fucking anti-contrarian virus that's just gotten a hold of you. Yeah, well, I still, I still think I'm right. I just think they don't see the point. Yeah, well, if you go ahead and say that they're wrong, you're just going to get deplatformed. <laughs> deplatformed in my friend group? Yeah. Well, I mean, it nearly happened to me in my Zoom. <laughs> Just made a bit of stuff. That was Zoom. That wasn't us. Yeah. No, but I, but I, I, the point being, I found myself in, in a couple of these arguments lately, and I find myself quite uncomfortable with, with the nature of a debate or, or an argument Ooh. of that. Mm. Sort of kind. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really productive. Yeah. But the thing is that, you know, we live in a time in which uh, there's so many incentives not to engage in a conversation about things that you don't agree on. It's really rare. You know, it's like uh, sort of some, you know, new dinosaur species that, uh, you know, somebody found the, the big toenail of. It's a kind of remote possibility. So I, mean, I don't think it really matters what the, what the subject is. Mm -hmm. It's like we at the far end, <laughs> it feels that way of, of the sort of process of, you know, really deep degeneration of, of conversational skill. Yeah, but I think it's, it's also a case of curiosity or a case against curiosity, I should probably say, because, because when we're debating, it's, it's, I 
for the sake of curiosity, it's really counterproductive in the sense that, that it doesn't open up. It doesn't open up for possibilities, nor, nor new perspectives, uh, or perspectives that, that don't fit into our worldview. I think. And when you say it doesn't. Well, debate as a format or argumenting as a format. Um, saying format uh, for conversation or for, for communication rather. Um, and I mean, I realized that what five, six years ago with sometimes like this enough for real, Ooh. like that's, that's where it landed. Um, it landed that. Landed that, <clears throat> that, that I, I'm not really interested in, in argument or argumenting um i'm more interested in arguments so you're not interested in arguing you're interested in the points of view that are being exactly exactly and that's much easier to to acquire through conversation and forms of conversation conversation other than debate and arguing yeah, but are those uh, forms of conversation available to you? Do you feel like they are? Yeah, usually they are. I would say, I mean, that's what we're doing this. Or one of the points. Mm. I mean, we rarely argue other than when I'm saying that the iPhone is the best thing that's ever happened to humanity. Mm. Yeah, that really shuts me up. <laughs> it, it floors me every Well, I, d I don't get the feeling that there's a lot of conversational possibility around. And I think that's because I don't have an iPhone and that means I've got sort of contrarian tattooed across my forehead and then people don't want to speak to me because it's just really awkward. Well, obviously you all agree, or otherwise you're just being iPhone-y. No, we're thinking. Helena's gazing. And actually that's thinking. a fucking great t-shirt, you know, you could have one that just says iPhone-y. Dude, that was like really deep, you know. In fact, you could write dude, comma, iPhone-y. Is that, is that the title of this episode? iPhone? Dude, iPhone. Yeah. Thank you, Elena. Written it down. Yeah. No, I think, I think, I mean, of course that that's, I'm, I'm not going to take your, your. Well, I've already taken that. No, but I'm not going to take your experience away from you in saying that that's not the case. 
But I think for sure it's uncomfortable speaking to someone who has diametrically different worldviews than yourself. Um, But I mean, that's, that's one of the best things about speaking to you in that if, if I'm convinced of something, I know that if I bring it to you and say, I'm convinced about this, you're going to find something that I haven't seen before in it. Yeah, doesn't mean I'm, I'm doesn't mean I'm going to be you know behave differently, but I've got a different view or different angle or views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and often that's the same experience for me. Hmm. And of course, that's uncomfortable, and and I think it's it's speaks to the case. I'm reading this book right now by Adam Grant. Uh, I can't remember what it's called right now. Elena, do you? No. Think again, I think, or it's called think again. Um, and, and he starts off by describing how people sort of his, his layup for, for the whole thing is, is to say that there are two kinds of people, you know, dumbing it down quite a bit here. There are two kinds of people where those, those who, who enjoy, um, new thoughts, new perspectives, and changing their minds. And there are those who don't. Sort of liberals and conservatives, whatever. Two two groups of people. Um, And in order for for those kinds of contrarian um, worldviews or or opinions or, or perspectives, to take place or to be appreciated, you need to speak to someone who actually enjoys getting other perspectives, you know, mm-hmm. that enjoys Tankispian, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, they, they are going to be overloaded or, or, or sort of, it's, it's going to clash too much. Ooh. If they're both convinced that they're right or, or convinced of their worldview and don't enjoy that worldview being changed or, or questioned or you know, in any way challenged, touched. Yeah. Mm. And what do you make of his argument? Well, I've only, I've only read 30, 35% of the book. Um, this far it's, it's been full of quite nice anecdotes. Um, he's basically making a case for, for, um, well, basically making the case that that growth mindset is better than, than fixed mindset. Uh, we should all have a growth mindset. It's more productive. That, that's sort of my takeaway this far. Yeah. I was blocked on Twitter the other week. Um, somebody who I followed and quite enjoyed followed wrote a tweet kind of putting all podcasters in one category. And I, of curious mind, 
asked a question. Um, <clears throat> uh, it wasn't Twitter that blocked you. It was this particular. It, it was this particular person. I cannot. I can no longer see her tweets. Um, and it was kind of, you know, it's like I asked a question, and you know, I don't think it sounded or was written sarcastically. It was like because I. At least I didn't intend to at all. It was like genuinely, like, what is it you see? Who's podcasters? Right. It's like, because I see, it's like, that's like saying all writers. It's like, there's quite a big span of, 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 of writers out there. Um, and got something sarcastic back and then somebody else was and it just kind of, and it was like, I kept on trying to find, but what is it that you mean? Yeah. Um, and then I was blocked and I was basically told how, how, how dumb I was because I made it about me and not about, and this wasn't about me at all. It's like, well, I kind of, I, I listen to podcasts. I have my own podcast. Yeah, but that's just you and you're not the target here. And I was like, but what's the target? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. So it's interesting. Somebody else actually said that was in another thread a couple of months ago where I didn't get blocked when I also got some, some feedback and it's like, I was trying to, somebody told me, oh, you have such a nice, you're such, you're so well-mannered lady. It's like, I can't believe that you could like keep on just being curious and kind at the same time. It's like, well, that's fun. Um, I yeah. don't think that's what my Twitter fiends of the, of the, of the school of uh, Twitter period would have been yeah. about me, but maybe I've evolved a bit since then. But that's why they named it. I don't love to you. Same thing. Same thing. Mm. Probably. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, I guess that's the, there's um there's a non-being episode that I love, a Jonathan, a Jonathan something and someone else, whatever his name is too. Two Americans, and it's a long time ago. I can we can put a link to it. Um, where the one is the very conservative white Christian, um, anti-gay marriage person, and the other one is a gay, very much pro-gay marriage person, mm -hmm. and they're they're, you know, they kind of they start off at opposite ends of that spectrum, just like arguing against each other and, you know, kind of meeting each other in debate. Mm. One writes an article and the other writes a response, mm. you know. Mm. And they, they end up becoming the best of friends. Mm. Um, still disagreeing mm. on some things. Mm. But, but kind of actually coming to a point where the anti-gay marriage man realizes that Shit, he's got some really good argument this one, and actually shifts his shifts his opinion. Mm. Um, but they they still have 
you know, they still disagree on, on, on some things. And it's just a, it's quite, it's so lovely to hear them yeah. speak. It's like that other own being with the Matthew Black or whatever his name is. Uh, the, the young white supremacist and the yeah. orthodox Matthew Jew. and Matthew and, um, something I just cannot remember. We'll put links to them, but. There's something to that. It's like when you kind of, when it's not the argument that defines you, it's like, hey, I'm a human being, you know, I respect you. I'm worthy of respect. And and where that gets spaced, um, can, when that can kind of be allowed to grow, you know, I'm guessing some really interesting conversations can mm. can rise in that space that just won't happen if you're stuck in the I'm right and you're an idiot um, mm. place. Mm. Yeah, well, this is weird. I, I didn't, hey, I'm right and you're an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably like uh, 30 years ago or something like that, I heard um, a, a quip um, in a, regarding uh, what's his name? Adam Grant, is that it? Um, and it, 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 it was uh, as fun as that there are basically two kinds of people in the world. There's the kind that believe that there are two kinds of people and those that don't. And the thing that bothers me terribly about both of your descriptions here or, or those positions that um, you the sort of uh, presenting or reflecting, I don't think that they're necessarily your own positions, but um, is that, for example, the guy is not pro-heterosexual marriage, he's anti-gay marriage. So there's already a, a, a kind of weaponized position, you know, it's like, well, either they've got a fixed mindset or they've got a growth mindset. Gee, which side do you want to be on? You know, liberal or conservative. Well, for fuck's sakes, people, we can't go around starting off the game with all of the bets already fixed and think that there's going to be a conversation. And I think that's actually what was the thing. He was pro-marriage. And that's where they could join together. He was you know, pitted against gay marriage, but he was pro-marriage. And and I really think that's what made them see that, hey, he's pro-marriage and I'm pro-marriage. What can we do here? It's like, oh, there's something else. Yeah. Yeah, no, someone described the, 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 the function of, 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 um, talking specifically about the, the, um, the sort of modern forms of Hegelian dialectic as, as discovering, uh, what are the similarities between right and right? That's what a conversation is about. Yeah. Start, start that sentence of the, the, he- no, there's no, there's no, yeah, there was this, uh, German philosopher called, uh, Georg Friedrich Heigl Friedrich. I've heard of him. Yeah. Yes. And. Um, you know, uh, for people that are fans, uh, 
there's nothing better. And for people that aren't fans, um, it's just like a nightmare, you know? Mm. And, uh, yeah, Hegel's like a really important part of our modern society. Hegel's thinking underpins huge areas of thinking in ways that we totally unaware of. Um, Isn't he and Nietzsche sort of in the same, aren't they sort of grouped together? Because they're German, yeah. Well. <laughs> or German sounding, more or less, you know. Um, no, but their philosophies, aren't they sort of in the same, or rather, don't you read them as a young guy? Don't you read them at the same time or sort of go, yes, this is my people? Um, can I just sort of take a parenthesis here? As a young guy, what is it that you're trying to say here? Are you being ageist? Are you sort of... Um, of course, always. What's going on here? <laughs> no, but I've had, you know, there, there's this stereotype of, of a young, say, you know, 16, 17-year-old white dude who starts reading Nietzsche and then starts wanting to speak with people in parties about how great Nietzsche is. Yeah. Don't, don't the same type of people do the same thing with Hegel? It's sort of, you could say. Am I getting them mixed up? Um, well, no, no, you could find them at the same party, but I don't think they're going to be sitting at the same, on the same side of the table. Okay, sure. Sorry. So he, wanted to he, Hegel comes up with an idea uh, that's commonly called Hegelian dialectics, um, which is a, a, a method of inquiry, if you like, to try and explore um, how to reach a, uh, a third position that, um, that he uses the words, uh, thesis, antithesis and synthesis, that there is this development, um, that can be applied to a single subject, um, and into meta systems, how, um, you know, there's a, 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 an evolution of, of, of energies moving from thesis through problematization into antithesis, uh, through, uh, uh, combining these things or putting them into a certain tension into some sort of synthesis. And then that will evolve into a new problematized thesis and so on and so on and so on. And so when this is applied into, um, conversational technique, if you like, um, as, uh, there's, there's, there's a few people that, that work on this quite actively and, and hold workshops and, and recommend, uh, techniques and strategies for being able to apply, you know, good Socratic disciplines in a dialectic manner that lead to, uh, conversations that actually are productive, that are, uh, uh, developmental. So my point about people like Adam Grant, the, 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 the problem of not him, Adam Grant, but the context in which we're living is that, uh, the, the idea that he's presenting holds a certain value. And at the same time, there's virtually nothing that holds value that isn't weaponized, uh, in a way to 
undermine the thing that it's supposed to solve. So he's suggesting, you know, um, gee, here's a good way to understand the problem about conversations and debates and that, um, you know, uh, sometimes people really do need to hold on to those. It's the Republicans. It's the Republicans. Oh, right. Okay. Well, here we are again. Haven't <laughs> gotten really past that point, you know. So in my contrarian kind of state, I'm saying, yeah, hey, those two kinds of people, they're the ones who believe that there's two kinds of people and the ones don't believe that there's two kinds of people. And I think conversationalists don't really believe that there's two kinds of people. It went awfully quiet, but, you know, I'm taking it as a good sign. Yes, for sure. Can I go off on a tangent? Yeah, why not? Speaking of types of people, but, one of my clients, um, I'm a small firm right now, there are two full-time employees and, and three part-time consultants. One of those is me. Um, they're hiring two more people. Um, to well, their junior junior investment analytic, I guess analysts, analysts. Thank you. Um, and uh, the CEO wanted to do some tests on on some of the candidates. Um, so he called up a friend of his that that runs these tests. Um, Sort of asking him what 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 kinds of tests should we do, and and I want sort of saying I want personality tests. What what tests could you provide, and what are you know how much are they, and and why should we sort of go for them? And when he got off the phone call, I I sort of went over to him and I I jokingly said, well, you know that's that there's one test that you can do. The others the others are shit. Uh, depending on when you do them. And it was like, well, blah, 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 what are you talking about? I was like, well, you know, the, the, the only thing that we've found that is significant of how you're going to, you know, how well you're going to do at a job is intelligence. That's the only thing you should look at in the recruitment stage. Um, if you're doing any tests, that should be the test to do uh, to see whether or not they're going to perform their tasks well. Or how well, how how well they're probable to do their tasks. Mm. Um, and that test is what uh, intelligence coaching test, an IQ test, or yeah, exactly, an IQ test. Um, so if that that's the only thing that that the science is is uh, saying, I mean, um, where there's consensus, really. Um, that that's that's the only reliable metric. Exactly. Then that, that's the only place that, that we've found, you know, like consecutive or, or yeah, con no, not consistently consistent. Yeah. Evidence for, for it actually measures or holds any value in, mm. in the recruitment process. And, and one of the tests that he ended up, um, buying was a disc test, which is a personality, personality test, uh, where you get. Uh, a measure or, or on a scale, uh, there are four different colors and you get how much on each 
uh, how much, how, sort of a score on each um, color. Um, and then the two biggest, or the two, two colors that you have as most um, Sorry? Yeah, most dominant. Most dominant, exactly. Um, those are your colors. Uh, you can lean more or less to, or you can have more or less points in, in, in relationship to the other colors. Um, and there was a book written in Swedish about the disc uh, model uh, a couple of years ago. Got huge, 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 huge. Um, and With the bunch catching, of... catching title of Surrounded by Idiots. Exactly, exactly. Um, because... If you're one color, you think the other colors are, are idiots, um, because they're not like you, uh, basically. Um, and so I told, you know, the CEO that, you know, that the disc test has no value of, of actually building a, a you know, high functioning group, uh, at work. It, you can't use it at all. There's no evidence that, that, um, that this model or, or working according to this model um, will increase productivity or wellness or any other measure that you, you want to look at in a company. Um, but you might have succeeded in spending the budget. Well, both, both spending the budget, there is also some value to, if done properly, these tests could be a good icebreaker of, okay, who am I? How do I relate to other people? How do I relate to the world? How do I want to communicate? And how do, how do I, you know, prefer that other people communicate to me? But if I'm, if I'm that color that you say I am, then it means that everybody else is an idiot. So how can any of those questions be relevant? Well, that's the thing. I don't, don't want to communicate to the idiots. I don't want to communicate with the idiots. You know, it's like, um, I'm just asking, you know, it's yeah. I mean, perfect, perfectly sound questions, I would say. That's kind of the, that's the sad thing about those things that they are of value to me, you know, if I use them as a gateway to find out more about me. If I'm curious about me, it's like, it doesn't matter what test you take. If you use it as a little door and you can kind of look in and go, oh, wow, you know, that's the value. Mm. And this is one of the easiest, one, one of the, the easiest to understand tests that there are, uh, to do just that sort of low threshold into self, self reflection and group reflection as well. Yeah. Um, and he jokingly said, well, well, you're going to have to do one of those as well because you're on the team now. Uh, uh, and, and I was like, well, I don't think that's going to be useful at all because I've studied the method and the model. I could just choose whatever I feel like that day and, and answer the questions accordingly. And, and sort of tying back into there are two, uh, two types of people, you know, even if there are four types of people, 
I'm not really on board. One more thing about this type of test. When, when I answer these types of tests for the longest time, I answered them based on what I knew that I wasn't doing. Right. So asked a question, find, you know, somewhere in my work life or my private life where that situation happened. What did I do then? Right. Which kind of gets a really weird response because you might be doing something because that's what you do at work, but you hate doing that. Right. So if you're to do any type of test like this, answer it from the space of where do I feel at my best? You know, where am I here in me? Like from, from that point, you can, again, that's, that's for this, that's where the self-reflection can also be really interesting because you can then answer the question going, oh, this is what I would be doing, but shit at work, I'm this kind of person. Why am I that? Well, you know, expectations and this and that and the other thing that can again be, be, you know, entryways into interesting self-reflection and and kind of finding out about yourself and also possible conversations to start to have with colleagues or people in your family or whatnot. Hmm. Um, But you want to bring this role to two kinds of people. Those, those won't. Well, but I mean, basically the point is that, that I guess, I guess the point is that there's no scientific evidence of that there are two types of people. What? I mean, the closest, the, the closest, if we're talking personality is 16 types of people, types of people. And even that's not very, um, but, but again, it's like this, the, the, one of the things that, that bothered me a lot about the fixed and growth mindset model that Carol Dweck wrote about and has studied, et cetera. And then it was kind of the thing five, six years ago in, in the school community, at least here in Sweden and also on, on a, at least Western global scale. Is when it comes into you are of fixed mindset and you are of growth mindset. It's like, no, right now I can be, you know, it's like, you cannot convince me of anything. I'm fixed as they come. And then my kid asked me something and I'm all growth. Right. So it's like the, the, the belief that this is again, there's the magic bullet. I can, you know, I can sort you into one or the other. It's like, no, everybody, we're, we're a combination of these in any number of areas in life. It varies on a day-to-day basis or minute-to-minute basis, you know, based on what's happened. How have you been sleeping? Uh, you know, did you get good? Do you have an iPhone? Don't you have an iPhone? Do you want to have an iPhone? You know, it's like, there's a lot of things. So the, the fix, the fixedness of it 
is one of the things that just makes me go, oh, this is a little bit creepy because I'm, I'm, I'm both. I'm all of it. You know, it's like, and it's not, I'm not static. I'm not one or the other. Um, I think the beautiful thing about growth and fixed mindset is, is at least as far as I've understood, I've actually, you know, I've, I haven't read the book, but I've taught the model. Um, and as far as I understood, she, she describes it as, as what do you default into rather than what are you, yeah. which is, I, I think it's a, you know, it, it's a wonderful addition to that. You aren't, and again, you aren't a person with a fixed mindset. No, precisely. You, you tend it, to default. Sh- yes. And you can shift that default. I was really defaulting into negativity for the longest time in my life. It's like, I don't anymore. I've shifted from that. It is possible to, to do that deliberately or because, you know, something happens. There can be a trauma or whatever that kind of also throws you um, quite significantly, I would say. But, but again, we are in motion. Um, and some people like me kind of enjoy that. I want to be in motion. I, I enjoy that thing, except when it comes to the WordPress editor theme stuff. Ooh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there are a couple of those. There are a couple. I said there were a couple of those. There are a couple. I'm just emphasizing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Totally own it. So you're a person with a fixed mindset? Yes. Also. Amongst my mindsets, there's a fixed one. Yeah. I, I just can't find it, but I will. <laughs> it's somewhere in the woods of your mind. It's probably hugging a tree. Mm. Yeah. Yes. A little bit anxiously. I feel kind of sorry for you, Dom. You wanted an argument and you got all of this nuanced sort of touchy-feely stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Your inner Grinch will come out with a vengeance when we hang up. Are the rabbits around or the guinea pigs? Was it guinea pigs or rabbits? It's guinea pigs, yeah. We know they likely be the nuttiest. Good for them. Do you know that they serve them as street food? Yeah. In the ends. Yeah. We do. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Doesn't sound reasonable to my guinea pigs, but. Hmm. Yeah. So what should we do? Okay. Yeah. What are we, we going to do with these like um, people with fixed mindsets? I mean, can you vaccinate against it? Probably not yet. Either one of you are taking the vaccine, are you? 
as it as it taking it now or I've taken all of them. I've even managed to illegally import the Russian one. It hasn't made me pro Trump, but you know. Uh, <laughs> and no, so far not. Could be I had, I had COVID in May, so I've got antibodies. So well, hmm. we'll see. And I've had contrarianism since birth, so I've basically got antibodies against everything. <laughs> there are so, antibodies and then there's anti, anti, what arguments, anti ideas, anti. Anti theses. Oh, right. Not to mention anti theses. So if I say I'm pro feces, you're going to be anti feces. You see. So why do you ask if about the vaccine? Because you wanted to have a conversation. No, just like argument. stuff that nobody can talk about. No, recently. Curious. I we. I had a conversation with a colleague. Um, I've had a couple of conversations with, with this colleague. It's kind of, kind of fun because she's 55, um, an executive assistant. Um, and she is, um, you know, one of, one of the most amazing you know, um, people at what she does. She's highly, highly organized. She works with, um, in a very chaotic or and complex environment and she sorts it all out or seemingly sorts it all out. Um, you know, not seldom with, with some cuss words, but, but she does it. Um, and, and she's at, at a couple of occasions. Um, she sort of hinted at other things or, or sort of tried other things or tried saying other things. So one conversation that we had was, was around NLP, neurolinguistic programming. I don't know how we ended up there, but, but she sort of cautiously said that, yeah, I've, 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 I've sort of, um, been in that environment and I was like, oh yeah, I, I sort of thought about getting educated or, or whatever, taking the courses and, and whatever, becoming an NLP master or they call it. And you're like, oh, I took that. She, she was on board instantly when, when I sort of hit the stamp of approval. Um, and then we, we sort of continued speaking about that. And I was, then I brought up the, the case for hypnosis and I was like I think it was around allergies uh, I'm saying I I either need to go to to the doctor to to get some allergy medicine or I need to go to um a hypnotist a hypnotherapist yeah um so that they can fix it and she's like oh you're you're actually into that I was like yeah sure I mean I I know a couple of them um and she was like oh yeah, I fixed a couple of problems with, with that. 
So, and then we started speaking about that. Um, and then we spoke about vaccines. Um, and she was like, um, um, but she got the shots. Um, both she and her, her husband did. And she was like, oh, it doesn't really, it doesn't feel 100%, but it felt good enough for us to actually go through with it. Um, and then she was like, well, the craziest thing happened. My, my husband can actually, he took a spoon and he can, he can put it on his arm and it sticks. It didn't before, it does now. And he's double vaccinated. It didn't work after the first shot. It works after the, the second one. Uh, and she was like, I can't tell that to anyone, but this, you know, I could speak to you about it because it feels safe. Um, both to the, both to, to the point of arguing, cause I could easily just, you know, diminish her, her point of view or experience. Um, but also, it's kind of strange that she he can fit a spoon and and it sticks. I mean that that is that is strange. I don't know what why it does or how it does, but but it according to her, it, it actually stays on his arm. Kind of interesting how, because I, I, you know, I, I previously sort of not given a fuck about those kinds of opinions, sort of seen them and, and shrug them off. It's a lot harder when, when it's someone that's sitting in the room telling you about their own experience. Yes. Yes. Here we are at the very kernel of the growth mindset. And I really trust just said something completely like off the fucking scales, bad shit, crazy. Well, it's not off the scales, bad shit, crazy. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's strange for sure. Um, really strange thing is that I'm, I'm having the same vaccine as he did. I'm taking my last or second shot this Friday. And I'm We're gonna bring the spoon. I'm bringing the spoon for sure, uh, and possibly the best party trick ever. Using way to tell if people have been vaccinated, at least with that one. I mean, it could be a much cheaper sort of a vaccine past just. Everybody that has a vaccine could just have a spoon from home and then that should work. What, what could cause uh, something like that? I mean, we spoke about the mercury retrograde before. Is that something that could play its part? If it was injected into the bloodstream, sure. The retrograde? <laughs> sure, we're not talking about the Mercury Gatorade again. Dude, I really don't know. You know, I, I know that there's, there's been reports of this phenomenon that um, people say that they are 
uh, you know, metal objects stick to their skin after they've taken the vaccine. I haven't really gone into it. Um, I've, I've no idea what it's about. I feel like I've got an iPhone, basically. I've got nothing to say. Well, it's, it's, I've been, um, I follow a couple of Swedish, um, women's health, fertility, natural methods, whatever, uh, ladies. And it's interesting to see how, again, you know, there's a lot of, of, um, there's a lot of, of reported, um, what do you call it? Bit of acne. What do you call it? Side effects. Side effects. Thank you. Um, about the vaccine disturbing uh, female menstrual cycles. And then a couple of weeks ago, the EU came out and said that, no, it doesn't. There's not evidence to say that it does. And it's like, again, there's that thing about evidence and, and about what it is, because you have people who experience things, you know, where their cycles all of a sudden go batshit crazy on them. Um, and it's like, well, yeah, it's, it's, and, and so there was also one of these ladies had, um, in the paper, something or other, and, and kind of the the official Western medicine gynecologists and stuff, you know, saying that don't believe them at the same time saying, but we can understand why people go to them because Western medicine really hasn't been that great at kind of tending to the complexity of, of the female body and hormonal cycles and, and whatnot. It's like, Really, I think. Um, and it's again this thing of when you experience something yourself or you hear of somebody who does and then you kind of look at the big picture and, and it's brushed away or, you know, it's like, it cannot be, it's not true. And it doesn't, you know, it's like, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's, it does provide you with some interesting tankispian, if nothing else, right? It's like, do I believe this? Do I not believe this? Um, and Caspian has the answer in his lovely YouTube wall, where there's a painting saying, I want to believe, um, But it's hard. This, I would say, is one of those things that can be hard to have a conversation around because I'm not certain of anything. 
right? It's like, I don't have a standpoint. This is my standpoint and you won't make me budge. It's like, whoa, I'm in that wishy-washy, touchy-feely place where, you know, it's like, I really don't know. Such a swing, swing voter, swing state. I'm a swing state. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, I think that's one of the things that you have done for me, Dominic. You've made me more of a swing state. Um, because you come with those, the, the different perspectives that I'm kind of too lazy or too disinterested, you know, to, to, to find for myself. Oh. Uh, and it's valuable. It's not always comfortable, but it's valuable. Mm. Yeah, but I think the, the discomfort just kind of keeps increasing. Mm. COVID is like a, you know, an, an N uh, function, you know, for discomfort. It's like everything that was in a specific state before is now to the power of N more discomforting. <laughs> Including like discussions about vaccines and side effects and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, you just kind of, I, 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 I can't, I don't find the stuff that surprising, but it is for me really noteworthy that, you know, day after day, there's this really special stuff that just keeps coming out and keeps coming out and keeps coming out. And if you're not, if you're not, staying focused you know it's like there's a there's a two kinds of people argument going on and and um you really like to join the one side or the other and it feels funny because kind of you don't agree with one side or the other etc etc you know but there's like a deeper thing there's a there's a deeper layer to it so you have people saying things in the press that are just shocking i mean that are just totally shocking yeah. In, in the case of, of uh, vaccines and virology, people say things about mutations that completely defy everything that's been sort of, you know, proven in virology circles for the last hundred years or so. Suddenly, you know, people are saying things about mutations that you think, well, sorry, run that by me again? Oh, this is the professor of virology at the University of X and Y, you know, that says that people that are not vaccinated are causing mutations. Uh, sorry, really? A professor of virology is going to say something that absolutely jaw-droppingly ignorant about mutations? Or is it just the press? That's quoting something that he said out of context or, you know, um, the, 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 so what does cause mutations? Well, viruses mutate. That's the evolutionary function. It's like, you know, if the virus doesn't mutate, it dies every time it creates a mutation. That's definitely a lot more infectious and definitely considerably less lethal. 
and then it does it again. As soon as there's going to be some sort of herd immunity, it will do it again until eventually it does disappear. But it's an evolutionary strategy. And it's been going on a long time since, well, well before vaccines even was a word. So, I mean, for me, it's really that like, you know, I mean, maybe the professor really believes what he said, or maybe the press just wrote some shit that's going to sort of uh, pump their business. Sell a few Some people to, to click, you know, but. Sell a few papers, really? I'm sorry. It was just, you know, it was, that was what it used to be. Metaphorically speaking. I did say clicks, you know, so. Yeah. I said, so, I said, yeah. so, you know. On me, again. Bal we balanced out. It's neutral. The old folks kind of got it right and wrong at the same time, so we still at zero. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. <laughs> and there's lots of these things. I mean, the, 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 the former Pfizer scientists, the former what? Pfizer, 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 biotech, and you know these people um, who are writing on the problems of vaccines and about um, how uh, mass vaccinations of populations are highly generative of mutations. So the other side of the story is the idea that um, when you vaccinate people you actually create incentives for mutations. Oh, wow. You know, is that true? Well, that actually fits the science that we do have, but the science doesn't fit the politics, you know, same with climate change, the same with HIV, you know, you name it. We've been down that road before. So stuff that's actually valuable and that's, you know, scientifically verifiable suddenly becomes of no real interest because it doesn't fit a narrative and the narrative is sort of the layer down below there are two kinds of people it's really nice when there's two kinds of people because there's those that are anti-vaxxers and they're really dangerous and you know um it's not so good to force them because they're kind of stupid so because they're kind of stupid you could probably convince them with good arguments. And here's five tips on how to convince an anti-vaxxer not to vote for Trump. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, wrong narrative day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I shouldn't be so sarcastic, but, um, cause the situation is obviously quite serious. Mm. But it's really been a lot worse. A big pardon? Could also have been a lot worse. And it could get a lot worse. No, it couldn't. We've got vaccines now. Well, some people have good. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of feel, you know, really sorry for a general populace that, that is forced into these positions where I just have to go along with it because there's nothing else I can do.
So we kind of, we can't really get a bead on that. There are parallel streams. There's a COVID disease that is quite apparently uh, with good evidential basis, entirely treatable, preventable, treatable pre during and post COVID. And then there's a, a, a political virus called COVID. And that's a really shifty bastard. It's very difficult to understand what the fuck is going on. Which is really about narrative. You just got to go along with it. And, you know, it may contain information about vaccines. It may contain information about your personal freedoms in general. It may contain information about um, why certain products are not available. It may contain information about uh, economics. It's kind of a really pervasive, extremely infectious virus. And eventually it will affect your health, but not through, you know, that you're going to be physically infected. You're going to be mentally infected. And sometimes these two things kind of cross paths. The, the actual COVID health issue and the, the political issues cross paths. It's really, really confusing. Miss? Which makes it kind of fun because then you can have two kinds of people, those who believe in COVID and those who don't. And then it goes quiet. But I will kind of point out that when we started speaking about this in March, one of, one of the initial things that we spoke about was that by, I don't know, April. So within the first month, I think we had, uh, uh, you know, somewhere around 20, 25 countries that had significantly um, rolled back democratic rights and look where we are now, you know, it's like absolutely normal. Like this is what's good for you. Precisely. And, and it's, so I just mean to say, if you think there isn't a mental political virus, then um, yeah, just kind of uh, see what it's like to be in Australia or, <laughs> you know, these kind of uh, havens of the free world where democracy reigns. Um, uh, no. Something else going on. I go quiet because I think it is uncomfortable. I think it is.
kind of scary in so many different ways. It's, it's scary to see some of the batshit crazy arguments from either side of these two people. It's like just, oh my goodness. Um, and it's scary to, 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 you know, it's like, There in Sweden, you know, we have the, the book fair, the annual book fair yeah. and shit, the amount of hullabaloo about, I don't know who has been there, white supremacists, racists, Nazis, neo-Nazis, you know, it's like neo-Nazis. Yep. Neo-Nazis. Yeah, but... yeah. It's like, are they allowed there? Aren't they allowed there? And just, whoa, the, the. The strife around that, the arguments, the free speech versus, but they're bad for, you know, it's like, I don't see as much of a hullabaloo about what we're doing now, which impacts a heck of a lot of more people than the people who attend the Swedish book fair on an annual level. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what is like, so, so there, yeah, there's a lot of discomfort here. And I say again, I've had it. I'm tested positive for antibodies. I'm, I'm safe for, you know, Somewhere between six and 12 months, according to whatever different states say. But, and I, I don't want to vaccinate, but I might do if I, if I feel that I, you know, if, if I feel I have to in order to be able to work or whatever it's like, but I don't. If it's like, yeah, you won't be able to go to, to a soccer game if you're not vaccinated, that won't do it. You know, I cannot go to a concert or a movie or even a restaurant. Food stores? Yeah, sure, I can buy online, but I really like to go. I enjoy going into grocery shops, you know? I like that. So what, you know, it's like, or yeah, you can't come to this client or, you know, it's like, yeah. So I don't, I don't know, but it's like, it's, it's. What do you think would happen if, if someone would, taking a contrarian point of view, if someone would, were to say the opposite. So one of your clients were to say, you can't come here if you're vaccinated. We don't believe in vaccines. You're not allowed here. Yeah. Then you would see Halabaloo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And the difficulty of that uh, uh, point is that 
as soon as you start to think in those terms, you can't avoid uh, the problem of principles and first principles. And it doesn't really hang together, you know, there isn't any coherence in it. And it doesn't really matter whether you're talking about the fucking Taliban or whether you're talking about COVID or whether you're talking about the financial crash or whether you're talking about whether or not to have a Swedish prime minister. Um, it becomes really obvious that there's a level at which there's a fuck of a lot of sleepwalking going on. Where the, 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 the power of narrative really carries the day that people respond exactly as they did, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in other extremely oppressive situations, whether it's Y2K or whether it's, uh, 1945, you know, yeah. um, that the kind of, uh, flock behavior, the is, is, is scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. If you're kind of witnessing it, if you're in the middle of that flock, it's like, this is the world. I feel so not necessarily. No, I wouldn't say not necessarily what not necessarily. Yes. This is the world. I mean, I'm running with the pack. I'm still questioning it. I think a lot of people aren't. Absolutely. I'm just saying not necessarily. No, no. Totally with you. Mm. You're more along the edges. Mm. And really, you know, that's why I say in the beginning, there's, 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 there's the two kinds of people problem. So there's kind of, uh, anti-vaxxers, you know, that's the opposite. There's anti-vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, but there are, you know, other forms there are no vaccines mm. there are people who choose to take a um, non-mra vaccine because they're definitely pro-vaccine but they definitely don't agree with the experimental vaccines just a question i mean mr mrna Vaccines haven't been used before. Never. I know. And only been used yesterday. Yeah. The, the other COVID vaccine that are out there, they're not mRNA. No, they're not. They're vector vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. But they're still, you know, it's like they are also quite rapidly developed and, you know, it's like not the technology, but the specific. Mm. Yeah. It's just built on a, on a more traditional base. But there are other kind of, you know, worrying tendencies. 
this is stuff we're talking about in April, you know, that at that stage, uh, there were all kinds of, of uh, discussions about how, oh, don't worry, you know, that will never happen. When there were talks about, uh, you know, tracking people through their cell phones and developing a whole bunch of apps and kind of extending the surveillance state and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the, the, the general response is, but hey, you know, we living in a democracy and uh, that will never happen. Those kind of state abuses we've got checks and balances for and et cetera, et cetera. And look where the fuck we are now. I mean, Facebook has quite persistently asked me if I wanted to sort of answer a couple of questions about my health since about May. Last yeah, it's been a long time. Mm. Yeah, I just kind of ignore that. Mm. Yeah, I think I answered one or two and then, then sort of realized that that might not be the solution nor for me. And it's, I mean, it's, it's this, this 15 minutes of fame sort of peaks of six seconds, seconds. Okay, six seconds of fame, whatever. It's like, yeah, last week it was Taliban, um, you know, Afghanistan, etc. It's like, it is horrendous there right now from what I see, but it's not what everybody speaks about. It's like now there's, you know, so it's like, it's constantly this, the shift of the, the, heat waves of, of Canada in the summer, six seconds of fame. And then, nah, we don't need to speak about that. You know, it's like, it is so apparent from, from kind of the, the blaring headlines. What's the thing today? Wow. The catastrophe of the day. What's the catastrophe of the day? Precisely. Like. And it shifts. Yeah, it is easy easy to fall into. Yeah, it's so, yeah, because it's so easy to fall into. It's so easy to kind of just be pulled into. Yeah. Is it a bird or is it a plane? It's Superman. Well, you know, um, there's, there's positive news. I mean, Greta Thunberg, you made it onto the cover of Vogue. Yeah. 
So finally she became a fashion babe. Um, you know. Why, why is she on, on the cover of Vogue and which Vogue? Because and why she's a fashion babe. It's just a true calling. Did you really think that those knitted beanies were completely like, you know, incidental, that they weren't carefully chosen? You don't want to know why Greta is on Berg. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh no, not Greta. Yeah. Well, she did do an Instagram post afterwards to say that, you know, um, it's a good thing that everybody should understand that she hasn't, you know, like lost her mind or anything and that she's as committed as she ever was. To what? Becoming a fashionist. Fashionista babe. Well, to being sort of uh, one of the queens of Narcissism, you know. I mean, she did get to loan a car from Arnie. Why shouldn't she be on Vogue? She what? She got to loan a car from Arnie. All right, yeah. But that was six seconds of last summer. We've forgotten about that. I mean, I do hope that it was a sort of electric car because otherwise it would have been emissions and that would really have besmirched her character. I think the sarcastic flag is going up again. Gonna get de-twitted, de-zoomed. More. It gets so fucking crazy that one of of Sweden's right wing uh, commentators, uh, whose name I think is Tjöderisku. She has to, in the, in the, Sweden is sort of, uh, the, 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 the prime minister got lost somewhere in the forest and now we need a new one. And, um, there's a kind of, um, uh, mini debate, you know, about the two kinds of people. So the one kind of people says it really should be a female prime minister. It's about time. Um, and the other side says. Don't be silly, it should be about competence. So dear Alice, who really is this kind of like very erudite, very uh, neoconish liberal voice. Um, uh, neoconservative, I would say, or yeah. you would probably say as well. Yeah, neocon liberals. There are liberals that are just con men, and then there are liberals that are neo con men. 
and Alice is a neocon. So Alice is defending the principle of gender equality. That's her current role. And she's saying that if the principle of gender equality, which is, is important, and I believe me, Alice, that it is important, well, then we shouldn't be making gender an issue in choosing a prime minister. How do we get there? Well, how do we get there? Well, that's been, that's been the case for the conservative feminism for, for quite some time, I would argue. Conservative feminism? Oh, that's exciting. There's such a thing. There's nuance in feminism. Well, Ebba, Ebba. Yeah. Sort of brought that about. Yeah, if it was her, I think you're giving her much, much credit. I think, I think for, for Swedish young women, my age, Ooh. she did bring it about. Well, you know, I just want to mention that Kanil Bulaani also feels that it's her credit. Well, she's a liberal. And she offered women, uh, a feminist out for, you know, women that weren't going to be part of the milieu Taliban is in underwear brigade that were sort of, um, <laughs> you know, doing the great. Now all kinds of flags are, are showing you. <laughs> it's a disco. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of a fashion range, you know, um, with Hessian underwear, I think it's going to be a winner. But we had similar things in the beginning of the summer, um, before the, the, the crisis of voting in the prime minister who just resigned. Um, and if you mm. sort of having problems, hang on to that one, then, you know, so is the rest of the country. But at that point, the far right wingers, the, the leader of the far right wing published a debate article in which he's defending the right of people to housing. What? Run that by me again? Yeah. The far right wing are talking about social democratic values as being absolutely, um, you know, uh, 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 unassailable, not negotiable. Everybody should have access to affordable housing as a right. How does that happen? Well, it's like, you know, the world is a little topsy-turvy. Who was it that came out a couple of years ago from, from Estia and said that they actually identified with the national socio, no. National socialists. Yeah. Mm. There was, was one of the, one of the top people. Well, Jomsor for, or 
sure. or wasn't it one of those young stop yes whatever one of the youngsters not Tobbe, right no well most of the time they're kind of careful to say that they are conservative socialists hmm. and they're nationalists yeah well this one this one actually said it said what we're nazis we're national socialists no they're national socialists and yeah. he said that they're not nazis and they're not nazis like, we're national socialists people were like well, uh, Pope disagrees. Hmm. So, you know, the, the kind of, oh, look, some cat pop -up. Hello, Pop. He's kind of like King Julian. Yeah, and if I'm not careful now, he's going to step onto the computer. No, he won't be behind. Steve Bannon's immortal quote, just fill the pipe with shit. It's kind of my... So, so kind of being anti-thesis might not be that bad of an idea, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tied it all together. Yeah. yeah, I was aiming for something to... So you were just waiting to play that trump card, yeah. So it's a wipe. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I think that is a wipe. <laughs>